You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, on a Friday as we look ahead to the weekend, which includes the Kentucky Derby on Saturday afternoon. Can't wait for it. Joining us right now on the Roman Guest Line to talk about the Kentucky Derby, Dwayne Colucci. Uh, he's been with uh, Nevada Gaming for 25 years, horse racing specialist is why he's with us right now from Red Park Casino, uh, race and sports manager. He's with us on the Roman Guest Line. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Happy to have you. And uh, before we get into the particulars of it, give us your thoughts on this field, on this Kentucky Derby field, and uh, just overarching on the horses and what we're going to see tomorrow. Yeah, how we doing today, guys? Uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a wide open field. You know, uh, what we're missing is that total aura of Bob Baffert having a dominating horse for once. And, you know, he has two entrants, but they're under uh, a different trainer now because of his suspension and uh, all the problems that he's had in the last uh, six months. But uh, top to bottom, this is one of the most difficult Kentucky Derbies that I've had to handicap. Uh, you know, I think the favorite really looks good, though. Zandon, he's trained so well coming up to this race. And if you look at him, he's just a beautiful racehorse. You have Chad Brown training the horse. He's one of the top conditioners in America right now. And he's hitting at a 33% clip. So one in every three horses that Chad Brown puts on any track in America and starts uh, you know, wins a race. So definitely a great, great trainer. You combine that with Flavion Pratt, who was uh, the top rider in Southern California. And now he has moved his tack around the United States, going to the Midwest now. And then later on, he will go to the East Coast and ride at Saratoga. So uh, a very, very solid combination right there. Then you do have another horse who will take a lot of money in at the center. He has done very little wrong, guys. Louisiana Derby winner, Risen Star winner. This is a, a top-notch horse. He has some unbelievable speed numbers on the Ragazin sheets. So definitely going to be difficult to stop. But on the other hand, his trainer is right now Steve Asmussen. He's on an 0-for-72 losing streak in Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky racetracks, uh, Keeneland, Churchill Downs, and uh, so forth. So he's looking to break that streak. Uh, and top to bottom, this is a tough field. Like I said, you also have the two Tim Yachtin slash Bob Baffert trainees in Taiba and Messier who are going to take money, guys. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Dwayne, appreciate uh, you jumping on with us, Joe Ostrowski here. And uh, when you say Baffert, we all know he's suspended, but their ears perk up. And you're right. Those... Uh, Former Baffert horses are going to take money. Uh, does have the trainer who was an assistant years ago under Baffert. Can you talk about those two uh, former Baffert horses and, and how they're looking coming in? Yeah, definitely, Joe. You know, Messier, he's looked so fabulous. And he, he was the runner-up in the Santa Anita Derby to his stablemate type. I think they're both going to take, uh, you know, a lot of betting at the windows and Messier has really looked well at the Churchill Downs, uh, you know, track and over the surface, he's worked so well. He's a big, strong strapping horse. He's uh, only making his third start of the year. And I love a horse third off the, you know, basic layoff from December. He ran in February. He ran second in the Santa Anita Derby in April. So I think he's coming up to the race very well. John Velasquez, you know, uh, he's one of the top riders in the world and definitely a legend, a Hall of Famer. So you're not doing much wrong there, putting him in the saddle. But, you know, Tyba, this lightly raced horse, uh, Colt beat 
you know, Messier last time when they faced head on. Granted, that was at Santa Anita. Taiba also only his third start of his career now, Joe. It's going to be difficult to get a read. And both of these horses have superior speed figures, especially Taiba, who finished ahead of Messier in the last race. Last 16th of a mile, he was able to get by his stable mate. And Mike Smith, Money Mike, they don't call him that for uh, a reason. He's hitting at 21% this year and just having a fabulous year as he always does. And, you know, he loves to win those big money races. Tyba has looked very well, started to train a little better, started off slow at Churchill, getting better and better, though, and uh, had a really solid three furlong workout the other day. I think Tyba's going to take a lot of action at the windows, Joe. This, this is a formidable combination. They definitely could finish in the top three, both of them. And, uh, you know, I like their chances, even though I like Zandon to win the race. These two are going to take a lot of beating. I'm from Vancouver, so I thought about just blind betting Messier just because he played for the Canucks. But um, what about Billy Mott's horse, Nostalgic? Is that a long shot you might consider taking a look at, Dwayne? Well, you know, I definitely think uh, anybody has a chance in this race. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be more of the favorites that are going to make the noise here. I definitely think that, you know, if you're looking at a long shot, I like one of the Brad Cox horses, Zozos, even though breaking from the 19 hole, we don't have that auxiliary gate anymore. You have 20 horses that could go across. So uh, you, that auxiliary gate would make it very difficult on the rail horse, as well as the horses outside that were using that gate. But this is not a factor any longer. And Zozos has some excellent breeding just in case the track turns up a little wet. It's supposed to get some rain later on today. And I'm watching the feed right now. It looks a little cloudy. So this horse has excellent mud breeding and definitely can, uh, you know, step forward on a wet track. Also, if we're looking for another long shot, uh, I definitely think that simplification could make some noise. 20 to 1, uh, third in the Florida Derby. I think the horse can improve, but there's going to be a lot of pace in this race. So I'm looking for a horse that could sit a little, and I think Zandon fits that perfectly. I also think Messier is not one-dimensional. I think he's going to also have to you know, sit off that hot pace, and the sixth uh, hole is pretty good for that horse, and uh, I think John Velasquez will know what to do. Dwayne, how about the other side of this? You mentioned some weather, some potential rain. Are there any horses that you worry about if it does get a little muddy out there that you'd say, you know what, I, I might want to stay away from that horse or, or a couple of horses here? Well, you know, like I said, I really like the breeding on Zozo, so if it turns up wet. Also, Taiba has unbelievable breeding. The Gunrunner wet breeding has really been, uh, you know, awesome. And that definitely is a factor if it turns up wet and you have such, uh, you know, a really nice horse. Only though his third start and a California horse, but does have the breeding. So I would look at Taiba a little closer, as well as Zozos, if this track does turn up wet. Uh, you know, it should dry out, though, even if it does rain today by race time. It, it, it doesn't race tomorrow. I know how they keep that Churchill down surface. And it does hold a lot of, of moisture, but it can get dry in a hurry. Uh, Dwayne, general since uh since going to the point system for people that that don't bet horse racing all year round they come out maybe a couple of times a year that for the most part with the way things are now that you, that you should stay near the top of the board 
Well, you know, the prep races are structured very strange with that point system. And, you know, you do have races in Japan and also in Dubai that you could garner points as well as England. So I think that it's important that you do have prep races. You know, you saw D. Wayne Lucas with Ethereal Road try to get points just to get an entrance basically into the race. And he ran the horse a week apart. So that was very interesting. But the horse got enough points and is breaking from the 20 hole. So Lucas did uh, make it work, basically. I think it's, uh, you know, very important to have a good structure going into this Kentucky Derby. I think proper spacing of the prep races is important. I think that several of the horses have that. White Abario has it. Zandon, you know, Messier and Taiba. They're not overraced. Mo Donegal is another one, you know, even though he's breaking from the rail, he did win the Wood Memorial in April. Prior to that, he won the Holy Bull in February. So that's proper spacing. And now a beautiful work tab leading into the race. And, you know, these trainers like Todd Fletcher, even though Baffert's not involved, you know, he's pulling the strings with his two horses, Chad Brown. These are top notch conditioners and they know how to get proper spacing and get enough points to get into this race. So using those preps as a springboard is very important. You know, getting back to the rail horse, the wood, though, you know, hasn't produced a winner in uh, about 20 years. So you have to take that into consideration as well. Even though it is a grade two prep, it's not a prep that produces a lot of Kentucky Derby winners, whereas the Santa Anita Derby, on the other hand, has produced numerous winners. So keep your eye on that point system. I think they're going to change the structure as years Mm -hmm. go on. So you mentioned you like Epicenter and Zandon, but is there a horse that people are talking about that they're high on that you're like, eh, not so much. You're not so fond of them. Well, Crown Pride is definitely one of those horses. You know, he's the Japanese buzz horse. Japan has been very uh, prominent on the center stage as of late and winning a lot of big, big money races around the world. Now, this horse is coming from the UAE Maidan race course in Dubai. And the average finish of horses that come out of the UAE Derby is 13th place. So I think Crown Pride on reputation and the way the horse has really been working out is going to take a ton of money at the window. You're not going to see 20 to 1 like the morning line, but I think it's so difficult to travel from cross the seas over to the United States and be so successful. And, you you know, the race was in March. It's going to be difficult for that horse to springboard right in. But you do have an excellent workout tab on this horse. And you do have an excellent jockey in Lemaire, but I think the horse will be over bet, and I'm going to take a pass. Dwayne, our number is going to move. You know, we always say, you know, as people jump in and decide what, what to bet on the Kentucky Derby, do we see these odds move typically between now and post time tomorrow? I mean, obviously, a, a significant story or an injury, something crazy would change things. But in general, are, are, would, for our audience listening live, might be listening on a podcast in a couple hours from now, will these numbers move, or you, you imagine this will be static between now? and closing time tomorrow. No, they'll definitely move. I mean, this is paramutual wagering, which means all the money from across the country goes into the pool at Churchill Downs. And you will get some people that will, uh, you know, step up and make some large wagers. You know, guys like Mattress Mac love the game. So, you know, if he comes down, that's five, six million. It's going to move the odds on the the win, definitely. So you're going to see a lot of late money. We've been taking wagers here in Las Vegas since yesterday. 
So, you know, the, but the wagering on the Kentucky Derby is in its infancy. You're going to see a lot of money come in later today as well as tomorrow, naturally. These odds will move drastically, I feel, because the morning line uh, odds maker was a little under the gun, and a lot of people were very critical of his structure of the uh, odds. And especially with Epicenter and Zandon, a lot of people feel Epicenter should be the favorite. And you do have the Bob Baffert horses that, uh, you know, are definitely going to take a lot of money. And I think that they will uh, attract a lot of betting action and their odds will come down. I think Zandon might float a little and we might see a four or five to one favor here, guys, which is unbelievable. That's why I'm so glad that we're taking paramutual wagering this year as opposed to me booking the action, which we did the last three seasons. You really have to monitor the bets when you have such an even betting field and higher odds on the favorites as opposed to just an American Pharaoh or a Justify that you know is going to be a monstrous favorite and uh, attract massive amounts of money. Sure, it's fun when it appears that it's going to be wide open for the run for the roses. What about the people playing the, the double here? The Derby tomorrow, but the Oaks today. Where should they be looking for the Oaks? Yeah, the Oaks is a great race, I tell you, top to bottom. I hope it stays dry. I mean, you have Secret Oath, who's, uh, you know, ran against the boys at top notch. Lucas Philly, Nest looks so great at Keeneland last time. And you get Irad Ortiz in the saddle, who is probably the top rider in the world, in my opinion. Echo Zulu, two-year-old champion, Joel Rosario. Uh, Kathleen O with Javier Castellano. This is a tough race, but right there, I believe those are the four horses that I would be looking at, which is the one, the four, the seven, and the ten. I would probably bet doubles over to Zandon and Messier in the Kentucky Derby. So, uh, you know, a four-by-two combination because I feel the Kentucky Oaks is just as wide open. But if you're looking for a win bet today in race 11 in the Oaks, I would probably bet on the four-horse nest. Uh, I just love that prep race. It was amazing. And I think that Secret Oath has a lot to do from the rail. I would key the four-horse over the one, the uh, seven, and the ten, like I had mentioned, in exactas and trifectas. Dwayne, just about a minute. Any other bets that you like this weekend, whether it's the Derby, NHL, NBA, anything else? I'll tell you the truth. I've been doing pretty well up until last night with the NHL. Uh, I would look for Calgary to bounce back in their series. I think that uh, they definitely have a lot to do. There's only been, what, two goals scored in that series. I think we're going to see a lot more offense and a lot of changes on the Calgary's, uh, you know, the Flames side. Also, I definitely think that, uh, you know, some of these other series, Florida, they have to really start to establish themselves. Uh, The Rangers looked a little better last night, but that's going to be a very difficult series. And the Bruins better win tonight or uh, they they might as well pack it up. I think the Hurricanes are the better team in that series, and they're going to apply a lot of pressure tonight. I would take the uh, the Carolina uh, Hurricanes as an underdog as well. Great stuff, Dwayne. We wrote insightful stuff, and uh, and we appreciate you hopping on. We'll do it again soon. Dwayne Colucci uh, joining us here on the Roman Guest line. We got a lot to get into on the other side. Our time for our lightning bets, and we do have some breaking news in the NBA, which could affect the line tonight. Will affect the line, I'm sure, in the Sixers and the Miami Heat. We'll hit that next. Our lightning bets, home run props for tonight. All coming up next, right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.